Another Manown, this time Jerry Manown, DaleWileyShow.com. Uh, so I guess my first question is, how did you first get interested in music? Well, uh, when I was a little boy, my two uncles played the fiddles and banjos when I was about five or six years old, or ever since I can remember. And, and the okay. uncle lived with us for quite a while. And, and then the neighbor, when I got to be about 12 or 13, uh, was a, I had learned sort of to play the tedass and stuff, the finger style, and he showed me that. Right. And uh, let's see, then where do I go from there? Uh, Speedy Horth, who used to be Jubilee player, was a good friend of mine, and, and him and all the guys at the old KWTO radio station right. kind of took me under their wing. I just lived my weekends there on, on Saturdays watching them play. Okay. And so you were in the Springfield area then, is that right? Yeah, yeah I was born in Major, yeah. Okay, well, that's fantastic. Now, Stevie Newman says you know all the chords, and that is a big compliment. Well, I, I know some of them, yeah. <laughs> I don't, so, I'm, not, I'm not Jerry Reed or Chad Askins, but I, I had a good time playing. <laughs> well, okay, but you did actually play with Patsy Klein, is that right? That's true, yeah. That Tell me that story. Well, uh, actually, I played with Leroy Van Dyke. Now, that was a person that was on the GBA. Right. And, and, uh, Missouri boy. Excuse me? He's a Missouri boy, too. Yeah, yeah, he lives today. He's retired. Right. But anyway, when I got out of the army in '61, why well, well, he called me, and of course one of the KWTO guys had, had, you know, told him that I played, and he said, uh, "I've got uh, quite a few jobs, you know, this this summer. I think it's in May." And, and he said, uh, "I was playing a little old bar, making eight dollars a night." Okay. <laughs> and he said. Uh, I've got a lot of jobs this summer, and he said, but I can't pay you a whole lot. And I said, what can you pay? And he said, $35 a day in a motel bill. Uh-huh. I said, when do you want to leave? <laughs> this was Tuesday, and we left on Friday, and right. and we worked uh, just all summer and into the fall. And and uh, then he'd moved to Nashville, and he uh, called me, and he said, Jerry, he said, we've got, got some jobs. And he said, I'll be picking you up at such and such date. I can't remember it, probably three or four days later, and said, Patsy Klein will be going with us. I wow. Said, That's great, you know. And uh, so we got in the car, and here's this lady in, in curlers in her hair, and he introduced me to her, and me and her sat in the back seat and talked all the way to where we went, I think somewhere in Iowa, you know. Really? And uh, she, was, she was a fun person. So how long did you play with her? Well, just 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 a few, few shows, because she didn't have a band. She just traveled with whoever she could travel with, you know. To, right. To, uh, to get a ride and play, you know, but right, just just kind of throw together bands, in other words, you well, know. But they were good, you know. Most of them. Yeah, I'm sure they were. Way better than I was. <laughs> well, did you play with Porter? Is that right? Porter, yeah, he was he was really good to me when I was a kid. Uh, I hung around the radio station, KWT, and right. And there was a place, the Channel McDaniel, called Ike Martin's. It was okay. kind of the, kind of the first Walmart, so to speak, and they had uh, a big music department, and uh, they would have a, a radio show every Saturday morning called the High Neighbor Show. Right. And uh, of course, the guys from KWTO would come down there and play. And right. Porter was one of them once in a while, you know. And then they had a, uh, I think his first contract, RCA record contract. They had a, a big uh, 
blow out, so to speak, for him. You know, to introduce him sure. to everybody. Right. And uh, he got me on the old Jubilee when I was 17. I was in high school. And, uh-huh. and uh, I played about three months, and, and uh, all of a sudden this this guitar player named Red Gale came in from Arkansas. Yes. And uh-huh. I mean, that man was a guitarist. And so <laughs> I, I got I got let out for him, but I, and I, was, oh, no. I was disappointed, but I can understand that now. Now, there was a fellow from Crane named Don Hendry. Did you know him? I, I knew of him, yeah. He was he was a fingerstyle player, but I never did meet him. Yeah. Right. I think he's deceased quite a while ago. Right. Well, you know, he's he's a very good guy. He's actually a friend of, of the family from around here. And so I definitely love talking about him. But also, um, so tell me how you're doing it now with Tony. Well, Tony's got three different groups that he uses, and plus his solo thing, so I just play with him probably once a month now. Really? So I'm pretty well retired. I'm 82 years old. But <laughs> uh, I still sit here with a guitar about every day and, and play to keep myself in shape, you know, if I can. Well, that's fun, though. That's super fun. So what are the best four or five things you could tell a young guitar player? Now, ask me that again. What are the best four or five things you could tell a young guitar player? Well, <laughs> I don't know. And listen to the people that are good, and and try to pick up some of their their licks. And, right. And uh, there was a guitar player named Hank Garland. That, that oh was, yes. Started listening sure to in around. 19, 1948, playing with Lady Arnold. Right. And I always admired his playing. Well, in sixteen sixty one. He went in, he went to playing jazz, and right. I thought, well, I got to learn to do that, and I sort of learned to do it, but never like him, you know. Right. But uh, also, I left out one person. There was a man named Curtis Williams who who died about a month ago at 89 years old. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Good friend, and and uh, we lived out on a little old farm at Fellows Lake, and and a mutual friend of both of us called me one night and said, I want to bring this this man out and you listen to him play guitar, and this was Curtis right. Williams. And he he played with Bone Arbors when they first started. Okay. And and he was just a, a really good person, you know. But right. He's been, had, he's been sick for over three or four years, and he passed away about three weeks ago. And we're going to have a memorial for him Saturday, and I'm going to that. Wow. Well, so I guess my other question would be, tell me a couple of names of people that really made an influence on you. You mean guitar players? Yeah. Oh, I can name a bunch. Well, go ahead. Well, Chet Atkins first, and Speedy Hallworth from KWTO, and uh, Jerry Reed, of course. Right. I got to do a couple of front front shows for Jerry Reed. They won yes. In uh, '71, I believe, and then one in '68. Okay. '78, no, and he was just real friendly to me and, and the family, you know, and and just treated us like royalty, and I'll, I'll never forget that. Right. And. Uh, and there's a man named Tommy Emanuel from okay. Australia that Chet brought yes. over here. I've heard of him. He's a genius, absolute genius. Wow. But he, his show, he, he beats around on guitars a lot, for the mailing guitars from Australia. I don't care right. much for that, but as far as playing, he, he's great. And then Grady Martin was... was yes. Grady. He was in Springfield too, right? He stayed for just a little bit, him and uh, Tommy Jackson. That was a fiddle player. Right. When the Jubilee started, and 
Right. And the story I got was they realized they weren't going to make the money they made in Nashville, so they went back. Okay. <laughs> and Grady became the session leader for Owen Bradley's studios. Right. And recorded everything that Brenda Lee done, everything that Patsy done, and everything that Marty Robbins done, Art Stubb, you know. Right. And I got to go down there with Red Foley and Speedy and, and Cy Simon, if you remember who Cy Simon was. Yeah. Red was going to do an album. And, and uh, of course, I'd met Grady earlier, but uh, got to meet what they called the A-Team people, which was Grady and, and uh, Bob Moore played bass. I think he's still playing. Really? And uh, Buddy Harmon was a drummer. Right. Uh, Owen, Owen's brother uh, played the kick-tack guitar. Right. And Anita, Anita Kerr Sangers. Uh, That's a fantastic uh, group, definitely. Are you familiar with who Dottie, Dottie, uh, yes. Dottie Dillard? She was one of the singers. Anita oh, yeah. I'd give her the job. But uh, I really cherish that a lot, you know. And uh, That was a Beautiful time to be in Nashville, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you right. familiar with Roger Blevins? Yes. Yes, he's he's a dear friend of mine and we we've been playing together I guess ever since nineteen sixty, I believe it is. Yeah. <laughs> and we worked out of, worked out a bunch of what you call twin guitar stuff and, and right. played here and there and and uh, and there's an also another good friend, Steve Guitar player named Mike McGee at Everton. Okay. Mike is, uh, he's, a, he's not, he's different than Godger. You can't hardly work the twin stuff with him, but he's a fantastic player and got a recording studio. And his, uh, oh, yes, one of his people down there had a son at 14 years old that Mike taught to play, and he could play just nearly as good as Mike. Wow. So, so he done a, a CD at that time, and I went down and played on it with him. Right. And a very now, nice kid. I don't want to leave without talking about Stevie Newman. So what do you think about him? Well, you know, I've never heard Stevie play. I've, I've been really? introduced to him, but uh, uh, I understand he's a very good country player and singer. Tony uses him a lot, you know, when he sings. When he right. When somebody to sing. You but, need to, to make yourself a, a mission to hear him because he's really good, too. Yeah, I'm sure he is, yeah. Well, just like all these wonderful guitar players. And that's what I thought it'd be so fun to talk to you. And thank you for getting on the phone and talking to me. Oh, you're welcome. Just, I'm sure I've probably left out a lot of people, but uh, <laughs> I've had a long uh, music. You know, I've had, I've, I've, I, I, uh, when me and my wife got married, I thought, well, I, I need a job to pay some skin. So I went to work for a few seen his television for 27 years, and, right. and then I worked at uh, Mid-American Days, so I retired from that, and then I retired at 62, and mowed every yard in the neighborhood, you know, and then, then this, that, then, right. but, but still played, you know. But still old, played the guitar, that's fantastic. Remember, remember, the, remember the old Grove Supper Club? You probably that's, don't. No, I remember, yes, I do. It was on Glenstone, and, and the people that owned it lived by us out in the in the country when I was a little boy. Right. And uh, me and a band called Gene Brown was a, had the song Hey Little China Girl. Right. We uh, played there for about four years and and uh, come by there going to Zenith one morning and it burnt down. Wow. Tell me about Leroy. What was Leroy Van Dyke like? Oh, he's great. He's a great guy. Uh, 
he uh, he's let's see, he's ninety now, and I'm eighty two. Right. But uh, he uh, we didn't have vans or buses or anything, but he had a fifty nine uh Fleetwood Cadillac. And, right. Uh, the bass player was George Rhodes from KWTO, and okay. George George had made him a he played stand ace, of course, and he had made him a. Uh, a case for it that looked like a coffin, and we we, <laughs> we had it on top of that Cadillac. And right. uh, everywhere we'd go, they'd want to know what's in them. And, and Leroy would usually tell me, he'd say, "Well, about a thousand pigeons. You want some of them?" <laughs> of course, they'd say no. <laughs> right. But we had had a good time for uh, for a couple of years. Yes. And, uh, anyway, uh, one of my uncles that I was telling you about had uh, cancer. It was prostate, prostate cancer, and they didn't know what to do for it at that time. And right. He had a dry cleaners, and I'd, I'd worked for him just out of high school. And so I come home to be with him for, for the last year of his life or two. And right. Because uh, he was my buddy and my, my only dad I ever had. And, sure. And then I played in the clubs here in town, you know. And, and right later, there was a, a show down at Nixon that lasted four years called the Dave Grinning Show, and I played on it. Okay. That's fun. So thank you so much for coming on. I yeah. really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I will thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. com. Do you love music? Do you know about the musical map of Missouri? Dallas Wayne, Chuck Berry, Dave Alvin, Robbie Folks, The Skeletons, The Ozark Mountain Daredevils, Uncle Tupelo, Wayne Carson, Nellie, Lou Whitney, Symptoms Morell, City, Jessity, St. Louis, St. Joe, Columbia, Buckle of the Bible Belt, the Studio on South Avenue in Springfield, 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 Missouri. Add the Missouri Music Podcast to your list of favorites. Lawyer, author, and Slewfoot Records label owner Dale Wiley takes you on a musical trip around Missouri while raising funds for Musical Map of Missouri, a nonprofit organization which will help ensure Missouri musicians affected by COVID-19. Visit MissouriMusicPodcast.com for more information. Tune in to the Missouri Music Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.